For a lot of my listeners, I feel like they're on a journey to simplify their lives, but they don't want to sacrifice style, which I completely understand. And that's why I was excited to partner with HomeThreads. HomeThreads is the perfect blend of minimalism and comfort for your home. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a curated collection of sleek and functional furniture that speaks to the heart of minimalist living, from multifunctional storage to timeless design. They have everything you need to create a clutter-free and serene space for your family. As most of you know, we've recently moved, and I'm not someone to just fill up a room so that it's done and decorated. I wanted to do this with intention, and so I searched out accent chairs on home threads and found the perfect mid-century modern chair that really complements my space. So embrace the beauty of less and elevate your home with purposeful pieces. Visit homethreads.com minimalist and get a code for 15% off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. People think that planning should feel good, but it's actually an anxiety-inducing event that you can develop resistance to in your brain. The trick is to turn planning into a rewarding event that your mind looks forward to. Then execution becomes a bit of a no-brainer. But how? Join me today as I speak with productivity expert and co-founder of the Life Hack Method, Carrie Bentley. Carrie's helped more than 50,000 professionals who want to prevent burnout and create more freedom in their lives. Today, she'll be sharing tips for why planning your week, not your day, is the secret to getting more done and how to do it in less than 30 minutes, what to do when planning your week doesn't work, what everyone gets wrong about productivity, and more. But before we get to the conversation, I wanted to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you haven't done so yet. Leaving a rating and review is the best way to help this podcast succeed and grow. Thank you, thank you to everyone who's taken the time to do this. And if you haven't done so yet, it really only takes 30 seconds and it's a huge help. So thank you so much in advance for your time. Okay, so I'm sitting here in my car, going through my brain, thinking about what I've been trying to minimize this week. I want to share one of my favorite clothing companies with you guys. It's Carly Jean at Los Angeles. In all transparency, I have partnered with Carly Jean later in this episode But this resource of the week isn't, I guess you could say, bought or the the time isn't paid for. I've just really enjoyed this company for many years. So partnering, partnering with them is just a special bonus that I'm more than happy to promote. And as with anything I ever recommend to you all, it is not a good deal if you do not need it. Do not forget that. If you ever see me on my personal page on Instagram, I'm most likely wearing this brand because so many of the pieces that I own from this company are very classic and can be compiled into a capsule wardrobe. I don't completely have a capsule wardrobe nailed down, but it's with companies like these that offer just basic pieces that really make that doable because I don't want to follow the trends. Sure, sometimes I see something cute and I wish that I owned something similar, but that's very fleeting. These are things that I can wear year after year and creating a capsule wardrobe is a huge time saver and well worth the time investment. And in creating your capsule wardrobe, I would say look through the things that you already own and figure out what you can pair together to create a wide variety of outfits that you can wear every single day that fit you in your current lifestyle. Not who you used to be, not who you want to be, who are you now? What do you like to wear now? So if you're looking for a good recommendation, I love Carly Jean Los Angeles. 
And I think you can find a tank top or a blouse or a dress or a blazer that may help bring that together for you this spring or this summer. I'll include a link to their website in the show notes. And I do have a code with them for 20% off your first order. Again, I know this feels very strange and always remember, do not be impulsive. If you do not need new clothing, then do not go shopping. I never want you to feel pressured into buying anything. And remember, if you don't need it, it's not a good deal. So, all right. I think that's it for my resource this week. Let's get into this conversation with Carrie Bentley, all about productivity. I hope you enjoy it. Carrie, thanks so much for joining me today on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Absolutely. I am excited to have you here too. I can't wait to talk about productivity today. I know that especially going into the summer months here in a little bit, people are looking on how they can still be productive while managing kids or just whatever it looks like in their lifestyle. So I can't wait to talk to you, but why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself to the listeners. Um, And I'm also curious to know if you consider yourself a minimalist and then we'll get into the conversation. Awesome. Yeah. So my husband and I are productivity coaches which is sort of an interesting role to have today in the coaching space. Um, But the reason we got into that is we both are sort of recovering workaholics and we used to substitute really hard work for smart work. And as a result, um, we developed chronic stress-related illnesses that put us in the hospital. So we decided to sort of do things a different way. And from that, our business ended up being born several years later when our friends and family started asking us how we were doing things differently, You know, juggling our very intensive full-time jobs, yet still having time for ourselves and enjoying our lifestyle and traveling all the time. So Actually, a few years ago, um, in terms of being a minimalist, minimalist, my husband and I were traveling full time. So we didn't have a home base and we lived out of our suitcases. So that was an incredibly freeing experience. And definitely, I would consider ourselves minimalists during that time in our lives. Um, we each owned less than 100 items and it was amazing. You know, just having fewer things to think about and worry about really, really was nice. Of course, a lot has happened since then. And today we have a home base in Medellin, Colombia, but I do still look a digital minimalist because minimalism really works hand in hand with productivity, right? Because the key to creating a powerful workflow that's going to work even when you get overwhelmed is that the workflow is simple and that it's flexible. Absolutely. So You come from the perspective that it is beneficial to plan our week as opposed to the day-to-day. So I'm wondering how this makes us more efficient and more productive and how that's looked for you, because I do think that this is a little bit different than maybe people have heard in the past. Yeah, I think a lot of people think they need to plan each and every day. I do something called replanning every day, um, but our huge focus is on planning the week. And um, I'll start at the beginning and explain like why that is. So, you know, the last few years from the pandemic have been really tough on everybody, I would say, especially on moms. And those of us who are making it through with our sanity intact and even thriving despite everything that's going on, I firmly believe that those are the ones who have a really solid pre-planning process. This is one of the smallest things you can do that has the most dramatic impact on your productivity. And it doesn't have to take a long time. It, It should actually not take any longer than 30 minutes, but 
it does need to include five crucial elements, which is something I want to share today, because otherwise, if you don't have those elements, you're going to find that your plan is really tough to follow. And then you'll stop planning ahead of time. You're not going to create the consistency and the habit around doing it. So our pre-planning process, which is called the winning the week method, has those five key elements, which I'll just summarize them briefly. The five elements are learning a lesson from the previous week, choosing your number one leveraged priority for the upcoming week, interrogating all of the meetings on your calendar, triaging your task list, meaning shopping your task list. And then finally, allocating demand to supply, meaning allocating your time demand to your time supply on your calendar. So those are the five key elements. And the reason why it's only five is that it keeps it simple, right? That's what's crucial about this process. And that's what's crucial about any productivity process that you would choose to implement. The simplicity is what makes it sustainable. So in terms of planning the week versus planning the day, I have a really great client story for this. So my client, Suzanne, had a week that just totally went sideways on her, right? We've all had weeks like this. And she told me, listen, you know, my boss threw this last minute project on my plate that I totally didn't expect. Then to top it all off, my car broke down on the highway on Thursday, right as I was supposed to be driving my daughter to a volleyball tournament. And so that created this huge mess in my schedule. And yet she came to me in that client call at the end of the week. And she was like, no, but I still feel like I really pulled out a win this past week. I was like, oh, that's so awesome. Like, why was that? And she said, well, I had sat down and I had gotten my most important priority done on Tuesday, really early on in the week. And what that did was it left her a ton of flex time in her schedule later on that week that ended up being sucked up, you know, by waiting for the tow truck on the highway. So strangely, even though her week went nothing like she had thought it would, she had still pulled out a win. So that's why I love planning the week because planning your day, you know, days are so easy to lose, right? Mm -hmm. There's time flies by so fast during your day. There's often so much rigidity built into your day. And even if you do like the smallest thing wrong, then you're going to feel on defense instead of on offense. But the week is a lot more forgiving, right? You have enough time inside your week to get your biggest priorities done while still allowing yourself that flexibility to tackle any any well guaranteed that you're going to have something unexpected, an unexpected problem, an unexpected obstacle. You want to make sure you have the flexibility to tackle those when they come up. Absolutely. And I think this has been the approach that I've tried to use with homeschooling. We started homeschooling this year. And when I first started, I was like, okay, we have to knock out this, this, and this today. And some of the days that we had co-op or that we had nature group, or we just decided to go play with some of our homeschooling friends, some of the stuff wasn't getting done. And when I looked to what she would know, maybe at the beginning of the next week or at the end of the week, I'm like, oh, wait, you're still learning this as we're moving on. It may just not be on the daily basis. So it gave me so much freedom and like grace for myself to say, let's attack these concepts on a weekly basis, as opposed to what do we have to get done today? Because you're right. Something might always come up or we might have a doctor's appointment, whatever it is, fill in the blank. Like you said, your client stuck on the highway. But I think that this is a better, I do think it's a better way to plan. I think it, it, you build in that space so that you're not caught off guard. And I think that that is what intentional living is about is to give yourself room for freedom. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. No, that makes so much sense because a lot of people think if I'm planning, I'm actually reducing the freedom 
um, in my life. What I like to tell my clients is no, actually like planning is one of the doors you can walk through to create freedom because, Mm -hmm. you know, once you, you can plan in fun things to do, you should be planning in flex time. You should be planning in the most important things you should be doing so that you have that feeling like, no, I have been doing my most important work. And now I have the permission and I can drop the guilt and I can go and have fun when it's time to do those fun activities. I mean, you can even plan in, you know, like on a whim days where you're like, I don't even want to plan anything for the day. So I'm blocking it all off and Mm -hmm. we're just going to see how it goes. Um, So that's also a great thing to do. But yeah, I mean, that's a fantastic example with the homeschooling because Mm -hmm. you want to be the kind of person who can both achieve big things and, you know, get to where you want to go in life, but also not be so rigid about it. You know, you want to have the flexibility to go with the flow or be spontaneous. I mean, that's so much about what's fun about life, right? A hundred percent. So I'm curious to know what you see in your clients maybe, or what you have experienced yourself and where people go wrong. Where do they get this wrong? Where do they get planning and productivity wrong? Yeah. So a lot of people are obsessed with what we call productivity fads. So these are sort of like trendy fads that might include a really popular new app or a really popular new technique that's very much in vogue at the moment. And the problem with fads is that they're typically addressing a very small piece of your workflow instead of helping you build a more complete workflow. So I would caution people against fads and encourage them instead to intentionally design just very few pieces of technology or even few pieces of habits into their workflow. And you can think about um, each thing, each piece of technology, it needs to play a very crucial role. So it can't be just something that's like cool or like nice to have. An example of a really crucial piece of technology is a task management system like Asana, right? So it does one thing and it does one thing only, and it does that thing really well, which is help you manage your tasks and projects. It also makes other pieces of technology unnecessary. So if you're using Asana in the correct way, you aren't going to find yourself needing anything like Slack or Facebook Messenger, because when you've truly mastered Asana, those other ways of communicating, you just cut them off. So in fact, in my com- in my company, Lifehack Method, Asana replaces all emails, all meetings, and all extra forms of communication that are not Asana related. So this is a really great thing because it's, it's, uh, you know, it's simple, it's solid. And one, one thing that people get wrong about looking for tools specifically is that they, they gravitate towards tools that claim to do everything. You know, you see, this is going to replace all of your technology and it's just this one thing. And I totally get why this happens because I feel like productivity is sort of like going into a bike shop and trying to buy a bike. And instead, the shop owner just takes you out back to like a huge pile of bike parts and says, here you go, take whatever you need for your bike and build your bike. And you're like, well, I don't know how to build a bike. What am I supposed to do with this? And that's sort of what productivity feels like today with all the apps and tools being thrown at us. But what I find is that technology that does claim to do everything rarely does any one thing very well. So that's why I typically stay away from technology that makes those sorts of claims. So I really like tools that do one thing and they do it perfectly. Talking about tools like Google Calendar, like Asana. 
Tecovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity, and I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tecovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade, handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tecovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tecovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tecovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes west. If you're planning to cut back on alcohol this dry January, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. Recess has meticulously crafted familiar favorites such as lime margarita and grapefruit paloma, allowing you to savor the flavors and experience of these cocktails without the alcohol content. Throughout January, my listeners can take advantage of a special offer and get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler Pack at takearecess.com minimalist. Every can of Recess boasts a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients and a calorie count of 25 or less. It's a guilt-free option for winding down during dry January. Again, whether it's the end of a demanding day, a dinner gathering, or simply a moment to unwind, these mocktails are the perfect choice. You won't miss the alcohol, and you certainly won't miss dealing with a hangover. Get 15% off Recess mocktails now at takearecess.com minimalist so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. I'm wondering now, I'll play maybe devil's advocate here. Do you ever have clients that planning by the week doesn't work or is there any way that this may not work for someone? All the time. I mean, I think the, the problem becomes when people have it, either they, they haven't found a way of planning that works for them, right? They haven't found a way to make it sustainable or they just take so long that they dread doing it every week. It's like, I don't want to spend three hours planning again. Like this sounds horrible. So that's, that's the first problem. Um, the second problem people typically have is that just the thought of planning makes them want to run away and hide. So my husband is sort of like this, just more naturally, you know, he thinks of planning as like this uh, activity or he used to, that is, and like, he didn't want, he didn't, he want to keep the spontaneity or he wanted to see how he felt every day before he got to work. So he didn't feel like planning was for him. So we get a lot of different variations on it, but a lot of this is just about mindset. So the real thing that's happening here is that planning is uncomfortable, right? It brings in a lot of stress. It's like bringing in the entire week's worth of stress and worry about how much you have to do and what you're going to have to say no to and how much you know one day might suck because you have so many errands to run that day. It brings all of that stress and worry into just 30 minutes of time. So I can see why, you know, thanks to our, our natural psychology, like our limbic system of our brain is just protecting us from a perceived threat. It's like, this doesn't feel good. You shouldn't do it. And the sort of the hack to turning that around is conditioning yourself, sort of like doing animal training, but on yourself into tricking your brain into thinking that this is a positive, even craveable experience. 
So whatever you can do around the planning event to make it really fun for yourself. So first of all, making it in a great environment, maybe you take yourself out to a cafe, maybe you just go somewhere really peaceful and quiet where there's no distractions, you get yourself a latte or like a special special treat that you don't normally have during the week. And then make sure after you're done that you really celebrate yourself, you know, do something fun afterwards, really think like spend some time meditating on the fact that like, Hey, I did something really good just now. So if you have that problem with pre-planning, this is a great way to sort of turn it from being this like ugh experience to being something you really look forward to. And now that's what's happened for my husband. He loves planning, you know, he'll do it without anybody forcing him to do it, which for me, having known him for a really long time is quite shocking. You know, he's somebody who I would have not expected to have that happen (laughs) versus myself. I'm more of a natural planner, but I have that perfectionist tendency where I want to over plan. And then I get frustrated when I'm not perfect every single day, yada, yada, yada. So we've sort of married our two approaches into something that I think works for everybody once they're willing to create a really positive experience around planning. Absolutely. I feel more like you than your husband in this area, but I will say I feel more like you in regards to, I will plan quarterly for the season. So my cousin and I, what we love to do is go for drinks or go for coffee and we'll bring our planners. And we just, we have a list of each of the things that we want to do because we combine our kids and we'll go do these things together. And it, it makes it so fun. We look forward to our quarterly time together with our planners and this Yeah, I already like, I have a tendency to want to do that anyways, but I like that idea of encouraging others through making it something fun. But I would say maybe for the week that maybe seems a little bit more unattainable for people, but I think it's going to take some trial and error here for what works best for you, what works best for your family. A lot of my planning for our family is up to me because my husband's working. And so he doesn't have as, I don't want to say he doesn't have as much to say, but he doesn't care what we do because we have the weeks to ourselves. So I don't necessarily need to consult him as much, but maybe you and your husband, if you're listening, you want to be more unified on what you're doing throughout the week. And so you do need that time together. And I know people say Sunday night is a great time to get together a time that you're not already stressed out. I think that when you're coming to these, yeah, when you're coming to these situations and you're both tired or hungry or stressed out, it doesn't ever end well. So I would also say like, make sure that it's a time that you can really do it, do it well and be productive while you're trying to be productive. I love that. I think that's so smart. And one of the things we do in our Lifehack Tribe membership community is for additional accountability is we actually host live pre-planning sessions twice every Friday. I actually love Friday for pre-planning because you know, you're kind of like the week is done, you're ready to get to your weekend, but you're not yet stressed out about the coming week, which is the point you made. It's so smart um, because you want to plan during a time when like your mind is still, you know, it's just processed what went down in the, in the previous week. And you want to give yourself that weekend because otherwise you're going to be kind of stressing about the coming week, especially if you have, you know, a lot on your plate right now. So I love planning on Friday and being like, everything's good to go. Now I'm going to go check out for the weekend and really enjoy myself. And the next time you'll see me is Monday. That's my personal preference, but I love the idea of planning with your husband or partner as well, because that's again, to the idea of accountability. You know, it's like, first of all, it's enjoyable because it's with someone you really like, but just in general, bringing in other people helps you build and maintain a solid pre-planning habit. Absolutely. And I would also use this time. I've said this before, but I 
believe it so much that I want to say it again, that if you are planning with your partner, with your spouse, you're seeing what needs done. Both of you are seeing what needs done for your kids and on your own schedules. And I think that if you want to throw this out there to your spouse, like, Hey, do you see how much we're doing? And I'm doing, I need time to myself each week too. So let's plan this in there. And that's, I have Wednesday nights to myself every week. And I know with work schedules, maybe that's not possible for people, but if you're both looking at it and looking what needs done, like, I think it's so important for both people to have that space. And even if you are a single mom listening, maybe you can try and pull in a a sitter of your parents or a cousin or a friend and trade kids. I just think it's so important that as we're managing our weeks, we are making that time for ourselves and it's only three hours, but it is so nice to be able to have three hours where I'm not, no one's depending on me. And then that helps refresh me as we're going into the second part of the week. So it's going to look different for what your schedule, what your lifestyle. I'm trying really hard not to generalize when I say this, because I know that some circumstances are really hard and figuring that out might be really impossible. Generally for people listening, I think it's so important to give yourself that time, figure out where you guys can work it in your week. I love that because what I love to say is if it's not in the plan, it's just not going to happen, especially when you have kids. I mean, it's like, you're always going to default to just feeling like exhausted, overworked, possibly resentful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that, that imbalance of work you mentioned too, planning is such a great way to just gently and without, you know, any kind of tone or anything, just bring up the, the raw facts to your partner and like, here's what's up. And this is what the week is looking like. I, I would like to make a request that I get three hours of time to myself this week. You know, when would be convenient for you to take the kids um, mm-hmm. so that I can relax? Like, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing is so much better said before you get all anxious and stressed out and then you explode and have a fight. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's so much better. And then your partner, you, normally partners want to show up for you. They want to be helpful. They mm-hmm. just don't quite know how, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're busy thinking about their own stuff. So yeah, I definitely find that's useful with my husband is that advanced planning basically. Um, yeah. yeah, And that, that otherwise it's, it won't happen. Absolutely. Well, do you have any other productivity tips that you wanted to share with us before we wrap things up here? Yeah. I, I, one, one tip I wanted to share is a little hack for people who have to-do lists that are chronically long. So I'm one of these people, you know, I love my to-do list. I love how long it is. Actually, I I don't have a problem with it, but some people get stressed out looking at the size of their to-do list. They're taking on too much. They're saying yes to too many things. You know, that can be a big um, source of anxiety for people. So here is a quick hack that you can use to sort of chop down that to-do list and just get it down a little bit. Um, And it's called the TACO method, like the food. So it's an acronym that stands for TACO. The letters of of the acronym are terminate, automate, consolidate, and outsource in that order. So you'd start with terminate and you just take a real hard look at your to-do list and ask yourself, what on here can just not happen? You know, if I'm being honest, what on here would I like to do, but just simply doesn't need to happen? You know, like nothing's gonna, nothing bad is gonna happen if I don't do this task. You know, have the, give yourself the permission to just cross that task right off your list. If it still does need to happen, but maybe it doesn't need to happen right away, you can move it to a different week or even a different month and just keep keep pushing it. You don't have to have any guilt around not doing tasks. And the second one is automate. So this is asking yourself, okay, if it still needs to happen, could I use a piece of technology or a tool to automate all or part of this task? Is there a way I could 
just do it in a more efficient, faster way. So that is automate. Consolidate is the next one. That's all about batching similar tasks together. So for example, um, scheduling all of your kids' activities in such a way that you don't have to be going out every single day of the week. It's more or less on the same two days of the week, that kind of thing. Or running errands all on the same day or meal prepping every Sunday you know, at the same time to consolidate your energy. And that's really more about energy conservation rather than time conservation. Although it does save some time too. So I like that. And then the final one is outsource. So is there a way to get somebody else to do again, all or part of that task for you? Maybe it won't be done to the same high, high level of excellence that you want it to be done to, but I think it's still a really, really useful question because it encourages you to think from a systems mindset. Like what would I, what kind of instructions would I need to create in order to get this task off my plate, ideally permanently? So these are really, really valuable um, systems that you can be creating to permanently offload hundreds of hours during your year to other people so that, again, you have more freedom in your own lifestyle. And it doesn't have to be an employee. It could be another family member, even a kid, if there's a task that's appropriate for a kid to take on. Um, you know, I have one client who has basically hired her five-year-old to dress her three-year-old every day. So hilarity ensues. You know, she never knows what the three-year-old's going to come back with, but it's like 30 minutes a day that she saves because I guess the three-year-old really doesn't want to put on clothes. So um, this is great because it's teaching the five-year-old some valuable skills and it's much more fun than having the mom dress the three-year-old. So really thinking outside the box when it comes to automate, or I'm sorry, outsource is really, really fun. Yeah. I love that example. That's great. Well, this was awesome. I think people are going to love hearing from you. Where else can they hear from you if they want to connect online? Yeah. And I would love to stay in touch with your audience. Um, We have a a really great, one of our highest demanded trainings that shows you our process for reliably and consistently winning your weeks. Basically the idea that every Friday you come back from work or you end your day on Friday feeling like, yeah, I had a great week this week, you know? Some stuff happened that I didn't want to have happen, but I personally feel really great about me, myself and my performance. That's what we call winning the week. And that training is totally free and it's located at winningtheweek.com. And um, what it's going to teach you is really our step-by-step process for planning a winning week in less than 30 minutes. So it's a really great training. Um, this is, again, the number one thing that's going to make the biggest difference if you're looking to feel more productive and get back more control of your life. Um, and that's going to come with some cool like bonuses and downloadables as well when you sign up again. So that's winningtheweek.com to get that. Perfect. Well, as we wrap things up here, I'm going to ask you the two questions that I ask every guest. And the first one is, what is a beneficial resource that you would like to share with the listeners? Yes. Um, I thought a lot about this. So right now, what I'm loving is the work of economist and Brown University professor, Emily Oster. She is really cool. So what she does is help simplify the data around key parenting decisions. So she covers everything from pregnancy to early childhood to as your your kids get older. And she boils down these studies that have been done and explains them for the average person and tells you what you can believe and what you don't, you know, what you, what is maybe not necessarily proven by the facts. And I really like that because, you know, I'm data-driven myself. I'm very logical thinker. And I just want to know the real data and have it explained to me in a non-biased way. You know, she's never going to 
tell you like to do something or not to do something. She's just like, here's what the data shows. So she's written several books, all of which I love. And I also love her, her email newsletter. I find it's very helpful. Um, so yeah, she is a thinker that I am really loving right now. Great. I'll definitely include her in the show notes. My last question for you though, is what is something that you can't stop talking about? Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously my adorable two-year-old, but like literally every mom that I love talking about that I, I really cannot stop talking about is uh, screencasting. So screencasting is a super nerdy form of communication that I absolutely love. It's basically my primary form of communication at this point. Um, it's where you record a video of your screen and then it's you talking over it. So it's like a voiceover. So apps like loom.com do this for free. There's like a bajillion apps that do this. It is incredibly easy to do. Um, but people don't do it you know, as much as I think they should. And that's why I'm so passionate about sharing it. We had a client, I mean, we have the stories all the time that are like this, but we had a client who got an email request for a meeting. So it was a 30 minute meeting to discuss like a thing, right? And she sent an email back and she declined the meeting invite. And she was like, can you just send me a screencast with what you need my feedback on? So they sent her a screencast. The screencast was two minutes long, Right. So two minutes versus a 30-minute meeting. And then she looks, listened to the screencast, responded with her own screencast that only took her two minutes of time. So really, we're talking about at least 20 minutes of saved time right there. Um, and screencasts are so great because they're a very dense form of communication. You can get your tone. You can say a lot more in that span of time than, for example, if you were typing an email. If you said all that stuff in an email, it would take you, first of all, forever to type. Second of all, Nobody's going to read that. So the screencast is just a much, much more dense form of communication. And then you have the visual element as well. So you can point with your mouse at certain items on your screen or demonstrate something that has to be done. And it is going to drastically increase the level of clarity and just the level of communication you're able to obtain with the other party. So screencasting, it's the way of the future. I think everyone should be doing it. Yeah, that's really great. That it sounds up my alley because I constantly am responding to people via voice message. People that I don't even know that respond to my podcast or to me in DMs, I'm just like, hey, this is the answer to your question. Just because you can be so much more concise. It is more personal, I feel like, than an email or a text message back. But totally. yeah, I'm all about efficiency in that way as well. So great. Well, Carrie, thanks so much for joining me today. I really, this was a great episode. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. What did you think the episode? Do you have a better idea of how you want to go about planning your week? Did you feel like Carrie's tips were helpful to you? I'd love to know. I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you can find links to my Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me personally all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.